Out of the mouth of babes, thou hast perfected praise. I tell you, just uh, uh, this past Thursday when we were in chapel, uh, you know, sometimes we come in church and it seems like we vie for position and get ourselves uh, thinking about what we had to do and all that. And uh, Thursday morning as uh, the children were singing, I tell you, I just had a time of worship and, and it was uh, you know, it was just unadulterated. It was just the Holy Spirit came. And, and I'd say I like to be in those times, just just those little little moments in time where I know that I'm with the Lord, don't you? And, uh, and I think we've been there today, just been with the Lord. Uh, in the book of Jude, if you have your Bibles, it's the next to last book in the New Testament, Jude. Only one chapter, you shouldn't have a hard time finding it. Turn there, if you will. I'm looking around, and, and uh, I'm just tickled today. I, I see uh, many, uh, well, several of our uh, just recently uh, uh, graduated eighth graders. Uh, some of them are ninth graders now. Some of them are tenth graders that, uh, that attended uh, New Hope Christian School. And uh, there's uh, Kaylee and Emily and... Uh, Just give me a minute, all right? And I had, them, I had them all down in my mind just a minute ago with my mind. I tell you what, let's make it easier on me. Y'all stand up. Katie, amen. All of you stand up. Stand up, Emily. Stand up, Kaylee. Stand up, Katie. Stand up, Derek. That's who I was forgetting. Derek. Amen. All right. Thank you, all. You may be seated. And I sit over there and had all those names perched in my mind. And uh, uh, the one that's here the most often, Katie, she just lost her in my mind for a minute. But we're so thankful for all of you that have come this way this morning. And I tell you, we're just here to worship the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, I hope that that's what you're ready to do this morning. In the book of Jude, I want to concentrate on the third verse, but I would like to read just a few verses. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after some strange flesh are set forth for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also those filthy dreamers defile the flesh 
despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Verse 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of blame, Balaam, for reward and perished in the gainsay of Kor. And verse 12 says, These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your precious word. We thank you, Father, that it is infallible. Oh, Lord, that whenever we hear these words, oh, God, it is as you are speaking unto us. And, oh, God, may we hear from you this morning. I pray, dear Lord, that you would allow us, oh, God, just to be able to take that one verse, Lord, and be able, Father, to share some things that would help us in reminding us of whom we belong to. No, Lord, of whose we are, Lord, and of what we stand for, that we may be a shining example, O Lord, all around the world of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He died for our sins and rose again on the third day. I pray if there is one here who has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, may they be saved this morning. And Lord, I pray, Father, if there's one, O God, where the world has filled their mind, O Lord, uh, uh, with uh, awful things and things, Lord, that has caused them to doubt the sovereignty of our Lord. We pray somehow that they would hear the truth this morning and be drawn back to you, the only one who can save us from our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, uh, of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The term contend uh, in the Webster's Dictionary just simply means to strive or to battle for, to vie against difficulties. And so he said that you would earnestly contend, that you would strive for those things that the uh, scripture says that which was once delivered unto the saints. And I'm going to tell you that if it was once delivered unto the saints, it has also been delivered unto me and unto you. I believe that God still deals with hearts and speaks to us in a still small voice. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still, He the Holy Spirit will come and, and, and convict our hearts and show us what is right and what is wrong. I do not believe that you can get to heaven unless that you've had that experience with the Holy Spirit of God who was sent by God to come down and to speak to our hearts so that we may realize our lost condition. Oh, listen, dear friends of mine, we must contend earnestly for the faith. And I, in that contention, I want to tell you that we're living in a day where it seems like that everything is new. Everybody wants to bring in 
a new religion or a new thought or a new faith. But I'm here to tell you that there's still only one faith. There's still only one God. There's still only one salvation. And there's still only one baptism. And I'm going to tell you that until we come to the place and understand what Jesus really did, until we start contending for it and standing up for what we believe in, for what we know is right, I'm going to tell you our world is lost. It is going to hell. Listen, there's still uh, over 4 billion people who are lost without Jesus Christ. Does that not somehow speak to our hearts? And I'm going to tell you that right here in our community, there are people that are lost in need of a Savior. We need to contend. Listen, just like Abraham, he contended in faith to believe that even whenever God told him to bring his son, his only son Isaac, up into the mountain in which he chose uh, that he would take and drive a knife down into his throat and give him up as a sacrifice, he believed that if he did that, that God who had already promised him uh, that Isaac would be his seed and there would be a multitude as the sands of the earth, he believed that God would raise him back from the dead. Now I'm going to tell you that that's contending in faith. That's standing on what you believe in. I believe that we ought to be like Shadrach, uh, 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 Meshach, and Abednego who believed that even if they cast them into the fire, he said, we're not careful concerning this matter, O king, for we believe in God. And I'm going to tell you that there comes a time when I believe that you and I need to stand on what we know is right and true and firm. I'm afraid that we're living in a time to where uh, political correctness and all the things that's gone out into the world is telling us that we're not allowed to do that. We can't say anything. We can't do anything. We'll hurt somebody's feelings or we'll make them mad or we'll cause them uh, uh, to believe how we believe. Well, I'm going to tell you that's what Paul said. Paul said to King Agrippa, he said, I wish that you were just like me except for these bonds. In other words, he wished that he would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and be saved. You and I must stand on the truth. I'll tell you, we must be like Daniel who even knowing that there was an edict that was written by the king that said if a man prayed, uh, they would only give him homage. And then uh, uh, he went up there and he opened up his windows as he always did and he prayed and they brought him uh, and, and said, King, look what you've done. You've got to put him in the lion's den. And the king didn't want to do it, but he put him in the lion's den. But by faith, oh, 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 Daniel went into the lion's den. And listen, I I've never experienced that. I've watched a lot of shows, and how you don't see lions get lockjaw very often in a close corner uh, with a person. You know that they can eat right there alive, and I'm sure that they was hungry. But the Bible said that he came up the next morning, early in the morning, the king looked at the door of the lion's den and said, Oh, Daniel. Daniel said, Fear not, O king, for God has delivered me. I'm glad to tell you today that even though we're living in the year 2010, that God is still delivering his saints from days of danger, and you and I ought to be excited about that. Isn't it amazing? I'm sure that some of us have had a lot of different things on our mind this morning when we came even into the house of God. But I'm glad to tell you today that you can rejoice and be glad. Uh, listen, because our names have been recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life and that Jesus, the Son of the living God, has loved us so much uh, that whenever He went to heaven, He is sitting on the right end of the Father and He is praying for us, interceding for us unto the Father. I'm glad to tell you today that because of 
that true salvation and because of what lives in my life I have faith in God and I will stand on what the word of God says regardless of what the rest of the world has to say about it I'm glad to tell you today that I am contending for the faith of God what am I contending for first of all I want to contend to you today that that Jesus that God created man I know you say, preacher, you preach a lot on that. I'm going to tell you that I'm afraid that we're living in a time uh, to where men are taking the truth of God and turning it into a lie. They're trying to say, well, listen, the Bible really isn't in the Bible. And, and, and it, how do you know that the Bible is real? And how do you know that all these things is true? And how do you know uh, that some man just didn't make that up? Well, I tell you what, just sit down and start reading it. Let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you. You'll realize who created it and who made it with God himself and God created man listen on the sixth day when God created man he created man in his own image and I'm afraid in the last 30 years or so we're living in a day to where people want to make it sound like that we just came from an amoeba somewhere or some organism just washed up on the seashore you know and all of a sudden turned into something that turned into something and then it turned into a monkey and then a monkey turned into a monkey man into a man and that's where we came from but I want to tell you what the Bible says the Bible says that God created man in his own image Amen. why is a monkey still a monkey amen don't a horse still fold a, a, a coat and don't a cow still bring off a cow why do they turn into something else and a chicken don't it still hatch out chicks I'm going to tell you, my friend, listen, God created man in his own image. I continue to you that there really was a fall of man. Popular belief would have us to believe that man started out in a fallen state. They want to tell us that, well, man really just was in a low estate to start with and he's worked his way up and, uh, and just uh, through uh, a series of hardships, he's gotten better. But I'm going to tell you that the Bible teaches me that uh, when God created man in his own image, that he was perfect. He was a perfect man. Uh, listen, he was an educated man while Adam was the one that named all the animals. Uh, he knew he was in charge of the garden. Why, we can't even get people to get in charge of the zoo and make it right. He was in charge of all the animals. Everybody happy, Lord? Say amen. He was in charge. And him being in charge, I'm going to tell you that, that what happened to him was through his disobedience of God, he failed. That's where the fall of man came. When he listened to the serpent, when he was beguiled by the devil, and on the behest of his wife, he came and he ate the fruit. Take her if you want. That's what the Bible says. One time you shouldn't have listened to her. Everybody happy, Lord, say. But he fell. And he just didn't fall part way. He fell all the way into sin. Because of that disobedience, he fell into sin. And because of that, there I'm going to tell you, because of that, there had to be a sacrifice for his sin. And I want to contend to you today that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the one that came for the fall of man. The Bible says he was slain from the foundation of the world. 
Jesus came for me and for you. I'm going to tell you that when it says that Jesus died for all, it means he died for all. I like what I heard this past Sunday whenever uh, I was in an ordination service and the young man, they asked him about the atonement of Jesus Christ. He said, I believe in the unlimited atonement of Jesus Christ. Not a limited atonement. I believe he died for all. Whosoever wills, let him come. I'm going to tell you that the, the Bible says, for God came, for the Son of Man came to seek Now, who was it that was lost? You can go over to Romans chapter 3 where it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to continue to you today that Jesus died for you. Maybe you're here and you've heard that all of your life. And it might even be uh, in listening and hearing that you don't know whether or not that you've ever been saved by God's grace. But I'm going to tell you that Jesus died for you. Because Jesus died for you, he gave you a way that you might be able to escape eternal damnation. Not only did Jesus die for all sins, but I'm going to tell you I contend that salvation is a simple way. It's amazing how hard folks are trying to make salvation these days. How they're trying to say, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. But I'm going to tell you, don't add water baptism to the grave. Don't add speaking in tongues as a second work of grace to the grave. Jesus said it's finished. And I'm going to tell you that whenever I realized that I was a sinner and I bowed on my face before God and I said, God, I am a sinner. And I realized that I could not change my condition on my own. But it was through that still small voice that came and dealt with me as a sinner. And Jesus, the Bible says, for God demonstrated, commendeth his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so in that time, I just imagine that even as I was on my knees, I, I could see Jesus dying that moment. He'd already died. But his death on the cross was for me as a sinner that night on my knees when I cried out. And I finally just said, oh, God, will you save me? Guess what Jesus did? He saved me. It wasn't because that I had any education about salvation. It was simply because the Holy Spirit came and I realized I was lost and I got saved. I did not have a doctrine in theology. I had never been to Bible school. But I'm going to tell you what I found out. I found out that Jesus came to die for sinners. He came to save sinners. Paul said of whom I'm chief. Jesus came for that purpose. And I'm going to tell you, if we change that, we change what the Bible says about salvation. And we ought to stand up for the truth of God's Word. Dear friends, it might be, and I know, I know how it is. We're living in a day where nobody wants to be embarrassed. Nobody wants to step out in faith. Nobody wants other folks to know what they've done. But I'm going to tell you, when the Holy Spirit of God comes, whether it be that you're in this a, a, a sanctuary of God or whether you're at home by your bed. I'm going to tell you when the Holy Spirit comes you need to heed he, the Holy Spirit. And when he speaks to your heart you realize you're lost in you. I want to ask you a question. Wouldn't it be awful to know that the only way to heaven 
for the salvation of Jesus Christ. And just keep putting it off. And putting it off. And putting it off. And then just die lost in your sins. David said there is just a step between me and death. We don't know what the day or the hour is. We got so such awful news last night of the young lady that, that we used to be in church with several years ago just walked out in front of a car and ran around with her yesterday. And was killed. Knew her well. And now a little ten year old girl left home without mama. I believe Becky was saved by God's grace, but I'm going to tell you, we don't know. There's not a person in here knows. I, I don't know. I'm going to tell you that uh, uh, it, it might behoove us to know who won't be here next year. It might be me. God might call me out. I'm glad I can smile. I enjoy this walk of life, but I'm going to tell you, if God calls me home, I'm ready to go because of that eternal salvation. And that's another thing. I want to tell you, not only is this salvation simple, but it's eternal. Amen. I mean, once he's saved, then you're saved. I love what old Paul said uh, when he said, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Jude chapter verse 1 that we just read says, uh, those saints of God are preserved in Jesus and called. Aren't you glad that you're preserved? Yeah. Every time I see that word, I think about jam or something. I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, I'm more preserved than that. Because you see what Jesus did for me, nobody else could do. Nobody else could put it in. Nobody else could take it out. I'm saved by His grace. I'm glad to know that I'm saved. And I'm going to tell you finally. I contend to you that that salvation that I preached to you this morning, that Jesus is still calling for people to be saved. The Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promises, for some men consider slackness, but God is long-suffering toward us. That why were we yet sinned? You might be here, and you might have raised your hand before that you're lost. It might even be that you're a member of this church, and you've gone a long time, and the Lord has been telling you about your salvation. Satan has been telling you, if you get up there, everybody's going to make you the laughing stock of the church. I want to tell you what the Bible said. The Bible said that the devil is the father of all lies. God is speaking to your heart today, and you know that you've never been saved by grace. While they come and get a song of invitation, if you're here and you've never been saved by God's grace, I want to invite you to understand that that which you feel in your chest is the Holy Spirit. Amen. That that's drawing you and tugging your heart and causing you to say, man, I'm lost in need of a Savior. I don't care whether you're 10 or 100. I'm going to tell you when the Holy Spirit speaks, y'all listen. We ought to listen. I'm going to tell you as a church, I, I wanted to contend this a while ago. I contend 
that because that Jesus saved us and because that he created the church, I believe with all my heart that we ought to join together in worship to our Lord and Savior. And it might be that you just said, I've just gotten out of church. I've just gotten in a place where I can't enjoy my walk with the Lord. Maybe you don't want to blame it on the church, but you can blame it on all the other problems that you're having. Maybe you blame it on the problems at work. That ungodly boss. The hours that you have to put in just causing you to struggle all the time. The troubles that you have trying to keep the bills paid. The struggles that you have just in your daily life. But I want to tell you right now, I still believe that God draws people. I believe He draws people to salvation. I believe He draws us just like He draws old uh, David, man after God's own heart. He was in the middle of a struggle when he called out to God. He was the second king of Israel, but I want to tell you, he was being chased down by the king and his family. His friend Jonathan had been run off. Samuel had died. He had lost his wife, lost a child committed murder. That's an awful place to be in, isn't it? But I'm going to contend to you that Jesus still heard him. 